listening play-doh today's topic is granddaddy slime it's also way less of a mess and smells better in my humble opinion similar to the modeling clay that you probably snuck a taste of in preschool during arts and crafts time play-doh is a dough-like substance made from water salt mineral oil some other stuff and borax which sounds like a toxic compound but it's actually mostly fine like don't eat a metric ton of it and maybe don't use it for one of those asinine YouTube snorting challenges but I mean other than that it's pretty safe but even if it wasn't that's not Play-Doh's fault because Play-Doh was actually not originally intended to be a smooshy toy it was definitely not meant for kids to eat and or play with it was actually invented to clean wallpaper also side note I'm 28 years old and fam this is the first that I'm hearing of having to clean wallpaper do you have to clean wallpaper what we know and love as Play-Doh was invented in Ohio in the 1930s by a guy named Noah McVicker who owned a soap factory but with a name like that should have been the frontman of a Celtic rock band. McVicker made soap and sold it to Kroger which is a chain of grocery stores that I have literally never been to. Kroger specifically had asked McVicker for something that could clean wallpaper really well, which doesn't make any sense today, but at this point in history, people were still getting pissed off about their walls getting covered in soot because they were heating their houses with coal, which we no longer do because environment. McVicker set out to make a putty-type substance that could be used for this purpose, ideally something cheap, and he was successful. Except that not soon after this deal was made, people really quit it with the whole coal furnaces thing, and suddenly he had a heck of a lot of squish lying around that nobody really wanted anymore. Meanwhile, his nephew had been chit-chatting with his sister-in-law, who taught elementary school kids art, and she was like, huh, that sounds like the modeling clay we use, but better, because let me tell you a thing about actual modeling clay, it is really hard for tiny hands to work with. And McVicker was like, haha, yeah, I bet, well, anyway, this shit that I made is actually super, super soft, and it's a really simple recipe, spoiler alert, also do not reveal my trade secrets, but it's hella non-toxic. I don't know, do you want me to send you some for funsies? And she was like, um, hell yeah, send me your eatable putty. So he did a little bit of good old-fashioned messing around with the gook, and then he sent some off to this teacher. Probably at least half as a joke at first, but her kids loved it. The teachers loved it, even though they only had but one color to mold with, white. He started sending it around to all the schools near where they were in Cincinnati, unwittingly building his brand, and the teacher was like, you know, you should totally manufacture this in a bunch of cool colors and say it's a toy and then market it to kids and, I don't know, you'd make like a bajillion dollars. Like, don't mess with walls, man. Do this putty stuff. And McVicker was like, oh my god, you are a genius. We could call it rainbow modeling clay. And then she was like, or something that doesn't suck like Play-Doh. And so McVicker got a chemist involved and they made Play-Doh happen by 1956. You could buy it at Macy's, which is wild to me because now you can buy it at literally any dollar store or Walmart. And like the only thing I can imagine buying at Macy's is perfume, which fun fact, there is a Play-Doh scented perfume, which I 100% would buy at Macy's. 
Now, originally, Play-Doh came in a cardboard can, which wouldn't be replaced with the plastic containers until the 1980s, which blows my mind for some reason. I don't know. I just feel like cardboard is something that gets, like, water and oil stained really easily. So, like, I don't know why you'd put Play-Doh in it. Anyway, but they did for a long time. By the 1950s, Play-Doh was worth $3 million, at least partly in thanks to Captain Kangaroo, who advertised it to kids on his show and in between all the old Saturday morning cartoons. But it didn't make a global impact until the mid-60s, at which point it was exported to Europe. And it was actually finally patented in 1965 and then sold to General Mills for its value of $3 million. In the following decades, it changed hands and was sort of subdivided amongst a bunch of different toy manufacturers, but now is owned by Hasbro, which has changed its recipe several times over the last few decades. Of course, no one knows exactly what's in it, but they did adjust the recipe to basically make more colors, but also to improve its feel and, I mean, off record, probably also its mouthfeel and like maybe its taste. Although I will say it is not meant to be eaten. And you should know if you do routinely or even like semi-regularly partake in a Play-Doh snack that Play-Doh is not gluten-free in case you've ever wondered. Some of the starches that they use as binders are made from like wheat byproducts. So Play-Doh is not gluten-free. However, it is peanut and dairy-free. So there's that. Today you can buy Play-Doh in 75 countries and around 95 million cans are sold each year. At least a million of which are purchased by me for my nephew, with the exception of the 10 cans of the glittery stuff that I bought for myself. 